Hi, this is Jackie Rom, and welcome to my weekly podcast, The Life of a Crime Novelist. Good morning, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about this week's show. So, I am currently uh, working on a new project called Jackie Rom Investigates, and it launches on the 21st of May. The first season has six episodes where I chat to ordinary people with extraordinary lives and it is a web series on YouTube just go to YouTube uh, slash C slash Jackie Rom and I and uh, amazing people I get to talk to so this podcast is actually a recording from Jackie Rom Investigates and it was um, to a lovely gentleman an artist in Uh, America. I'm kind of waiting to explain too much but he was on a he's actually in Colorado I think on a ranch and the it was done by Skype and I can't remember Skype or Zoom but the actual filming wasn't very good it was lagging so I decided to change it into a podcast. So if I refer to paintings or something behind him it's because obviously we were supposed to be on film but we've changed it to audio so do bear with me but uh, here we go for this week's Life of a Crime Novelist. Hi Franco how are you? Hi, Jackie. I'm doing great, thank you. How about you? Yeah, really good. Do you mind telling all my viewers what you do, and then we can have a chat about it? Yeah, sure. I'm a Jewish-American painter. I live in California, Southern California. I am a full-time painter, which is very rare these days, and um, I actually escaped Los Angeles uh, like a month and a half ago, and I'm staying up in the mountains on a horse ranch painting and I have a studio and yeah that's what I'm doing. <laughs> How fantastic and have you painted uh, or all your life has it is it in you do you know what I mean is it just part of you growing up and you knew what you wanted? Yeah for sure I wanted when I was a kid I wanted to go to art school and my parents said absolutely not so <laughs> I started out as a grade school teacher and but secretly wanting to always do it so you know hey you know I went to university and I ended up being an artist anyway so it all worked out but yeah always an artist. I had the same story you know so many people have the same story I wanted to be a film director and I was about 10 years old and they told me to go and get a proper job so it's a time-old story. And then at some point you think, well, I've got to follow my dreams. Was there a point with you, that's a catalyst that said, I've got to do it? Um, I've, I've done it many times. Right after college, I moved to Barcelona and I really sort of found my style, which is a big deal for artists. I was, I was pretty, very young. I was like 23. And... Um, so I've been making different attempts. Then uh, seven years ago, I moved to Paris. Um, and I'm a self-educated artist. So these are sort of my ways of introducing the art world to myself. And then most recently, I was in Israel, um, exhibiting and learning and yeah, just always pushing, pushing the envelope, for sure. I have family in Tel Aviv. So personally, I love Tel Aviv. Oh. Yes, yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah, 
such different worlds, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Uh, they're both fun for their own different reasons. You know, for me, I haven't been for, for some time now. And, um, but for me, when I was there, there is that feeling of when you land, like no other feeling. That's really difficult to explain for anyone who's not Jewish to explain that feeling. Uh, and it's the only flight I've ever taken where you get an applause when they, when they <laughs> land. And um, yeah, truly. It's quite, and, and then, you know, I grew up um, uh, with traditional Polish and Russian Jewish grandparents. And so the, the food, uh, was a big deal so the food is passed down the recipes and to be in Israel where every other uh, shop is selling chulen or whatever sweet and sour cabbage whatever is kind of oh <laughs> I don't know if do you feel like that when you're out there for sure I mean uh, I'm, I'm Sephardi Jew so it's a little different but still has that Middle Eastern flair but I totally understand what you're saying it's definitely coming home right and you think wow this everything is perfect it's set up for me it's it's coming home I, I, I totally understand what you're saying yeah my, my name has been changed my grandfather changed our name when he um, arrived from Poland Russia you know during the First World War into England uh, our name was Borenstein and he wanted an anglicized name so he literally picked a name out of a phone book um, your your family name you know sounds like it's changed so do you know the history of your family name yeah, sure uh, my painter name is Franco Americano I can tell you the story about that later but um, so there are Sephardi Jews that were in Spain and then Portugal. And then interestingly enough, in the late 1700s, came to the United States and from New York to New Mexico. Um, there's a lot of history there of uh, the U.S. trying to fill up that area. They were offering it to and a lot of uh, German Jews and uh, Spanish Jews were occupying northern New Mexico. So that's actually where my family comes from. So my, my family name, Apodaca, which is my father's name, um, is, is, has some Greek basis, but it was more so on my mother's, uh, the grandmother's side that, that was the last name, and it was Baca. So interestingly, when the Jews were in Spain, they all, almost did what your family did. They just sort of made up names. And it was very common for Jews to pick the names of a tree, a bird, or something around them. It's sort of a code to say, this is, we're really Jews, but we're using this. So our family last name uh, was, was that. Oh, fascinating. And um, how much does your religion show in your artwork? Well, I have, I have a lot of, you know, I've been asked that question before. So does a Jewish painter paint Jewish art? Um, yeah, for sure. I have some paintings that are portraits that are, you know, uh, someone has a tallit on and maybe to fill in. Um, I'm starting to do some Jerusalem paintings. And then I also have just more spiritual paintings, almost like the one behind me. Um, so I do do some iconic or lifestyle things that, you know, as you know, for, for Jewish people, um, our food, our culture is very strong. And although it may not strongly suggest religion, we know deep inside that's really what it was coming from. 
do certain things move you to to get up and to paint what what makes you passionate to get up and say i've got to get this on canvas yeah well you know two months ago in la i was painting a lot of portrait work uh, i do that as commissions you know for, for work which is great i love it uh, but I do have to admit, I was, I was sort of seeking for some inspiration. Um, when I was in Israel a couple of months ago, um, I was, you know, I was on fire with uh, the Tel Aviv energy and then Jerusalem energy. Um, but it wasn't until I came out into the country and with COVID, which I joke is Las Coronas, just because we're here in, in LA or in Southern California, that really started to pull up a lot of emotion. So the emotion inside of me or even seeing other people's emotions is what I like to translate to a painting. And that's, that's really gets me going. And have you stayed on this ranch for some time before, or is this a new experience? Yeah, it's a new experience. My cousin has been inviting me for um, a year or two years since she's been up here. It's about two and a half hours Southeast of Los Angeles. And right above us is uh, Palm Desert, Palm Springs, sort of learning all these, this territory because I've been, I've been in Southern California for five years after Paris. Um, so it's fun. There's horses and chickens and I'm learning how to take care of the animals. And one of my paintings is featuring one of the horses. So it's a big influence. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your time in Spain and France. So when I was in Spain, I really wasn't um, seeking out my, my family history, my Judaism. I was just sort of experiencing. I, was, I got married really young to my high school, or actually grade school sweetheart. We finished college. We went to Spain, Barcelona. I was on so, so much fire. It's everywhere I looked. You know, Barcelona typically is the, the old city is very brown. But when you get up close, you can see all these wonderful colors that are, are coming out throughout the buildings. So apparently they used to, to side the buildings almost like a fresco technique. So over the years, the acid rain or whatnot has dripped through this, causing all these beautiful colors to bleed through on the buildings. So that became my palette. I had my first show there um, and it was so exciting. But at the same time, I would hear things about uh, the Julias, the Jews, in a derogatory term, saying, oh yeah, well, that's where all the Jews used to live until they were thrown out. And um, I, so I started to like feel a lot, not really, you know, I knew my relatives were from there, that region, maybe not Barcelona, but it really started to pull on me at a very young age. But artistically, it really, it just turned me on. I was on fire. I never wanted to leave Europe again. I did. The architecture in Spain is magnificent. Amazing, amazing. With Gaudi and, and I think Picasso had once said, you know, uh, Spain is a great place to grow up, but not to, to be an artist. And, you know, whatever, he went on to Paris. It was a different time then. But, um, and they too were suffering uh, at some points of his life. But yeah, the architecture was amazing in Barcelona. And did you go from Barcelona to Paris? No, I went from Barcelona and then we came back to the United States. Um, we were teaching English as a second job and uh, we, were, we were so American. We didn't, and then back then, uh, Spaniards were, I think they may still do it. They were taking off um, August. 
So we didn't understand that. So we, we didn't have jobs <laughs> for August, September. So we were really broke. We seriously the starving artist. And this woman that we were renting from the building, Sunora Pujol, which is very Catalan, she loved my paintings. And she used to always tell me in Spanish that I was the next Picasso. Yeah, great. So she let me trade a painting uh, for one month's rent. So we did that for three months. And I would just paint. And yeah, it was amazing. Fantastic. And, and then you went to Paris? So then Barcelona, back to the United States. And um, I was probably about 26, 27 at the time. I stayed around here for a while. My marriage did not work out so much. And uh, my big goal in life was to get back to Europe. So then I moved uh, to New York. And uh, I'm not sure why I moved to New York and not just jumped back to Europe. So it would take me almost 13 years to get back to Europe, which is Paris. And um, I lived there for a year and that's going on five or six years now. So it took me a while to get back. However, when I was in New York, during the you know 2000s, um, it was really inexpensive to fly to Europe. So I was going to London and Paris, Germany, um, and, and seeing a lot more. I, actually, I have a lot more European friends than I do American friends. I spend a lot of my time in the Caribbean or the Caribbean, so I have a lot more friends there. You know, it's just. But um, I I must say, I'm sure it's the same with you, and and especially me as an author, traveling is just inspirational. Just the people you meet along the way, you know, where they end up in my books. For you, I'm sure they end up in your paintings. Right, exactly. I was actually just discussing this with uh, a, a writer friend of mine. And actually, I gave him one of your links about starting out as a novelist, uh, because that's him. And we were just, he was asking me about, he's in, a, in a, the middle of the story, and he's sort of in this plot hole, I guess that's what they call it. And I said, you know, it's the same thing for painters. We're telling a story. We have characters. We have the scenery, the plot. Uh, luckily, <laughs> I'm not using words. Uh, writing is not my forte, but it's definitely very similar. And yeah, you're right. When, whenever I travel and probably like you, uh, being a novelist, certainly environment is important. But when I meet people, that's really an impact on me. Tell us about the painting behind you, because you've just painted that. Yeah, so I before when I was in Los Angeles a month and a half ago, I was starting some like very uninspired landscape. And, you know, obviously, I think landscape, you should probably be there. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, I was doing some un uninspirational paintings. I brought these canvases out with me in Mountain Center, California, where I'm at. And this mountain range is right out here on the plains. And these very strange rocks that are right here that I painted, they're uh, the result of an earthquake from 200 years ago. So this town that's in the mountain is where there are two major fault lines on either side of us. So we've had about 26 small earthquakes in the last month since I've been here. Wow. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, very cool. So those mountains, um, these right, right over here, these are all native american um owned and i think right in here is a uh tribal burial ground and um a lot of hiking and there's some, some i mean this is full-on nature like i grew up in colorado in the mountains and i think i forgot but <laughs> there are a lot of animals around here uh, 
And, but I was just really inspired by this. The sky is one of my typical skies. Uh, you can't really see in, in, in the image here, but there are really tiny, small little lines. And that's a sky that I developed in Barcelona when I was 23, 24, um, just to give sort of an energy. And I'll have to say when I was painting this, yeah, cool, I'd go outside and I'd paint the mountains and translate it into my style. Um, and when I finished with this guy, I stood back and I'm usually not this emotional. I just stood back and I just started to cry because I think it was all that emotion that we've had of us being locked up inside and then coming up here and being so free. It was just all that feeling of hearing everyone and may maybe these were people and I don't know, it, 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 it really moved me. My own artwork moved me. <laughs> That's not always something I that have happens. I have uh, exactly the same as I've, it takes me about, about a year at least to write a book. So I can take up to eight months to research and literally it's involuntary as I'm writing the last, I cry. Okay. Every time it happens, oh, that's it's like, um, I know it's the end of an era, you know, a year's work, you know, hard work. And then you writing and, uh, and then it's gone. So, um, I'm wondering if it's similar. It, did you see that view and, and just know that you had to put it down forever? Yeah, actually, when I arrived, I was joking with my cousin and her husband. I said, listen, I'm going to paint you a painting to say thank you for, for letting me stay here. What would you like? And uh, they said, this, this view, because when you walk out the backyard, um, the, their horses are like sort of over here and th you just see this view. There are, there are actually a lot more trees that I took out just because they were, they were blocking the view. But um, so that, that's how I started. And then I painted it, you know, sort of realistic in the beginning, which never really works for me. And then I, I call it, I put in my, my magic and you probably can't see, but the mountains are very stylized. Um, so, but what's wonderful is coming out of the, the, the guest house, which my cousin let me use for my studio, are these mountains. So they've become a, a person, like an entity. And throughout the day, with the clouds changing, they change colors. Every, like, every half hour, they change colors. And it's just really wonderful. Do you paint outside, or you, do you take pictures and then come into your studio? What's your process? I prefer to paint outside, but there, uh, you know, there are a lot of reasons that <laughs> can stop me from that. So I, I did, I dragged, this canvas is pretty large. I was out on, on, the, on the ranch, horses nearby, all the wonderful ranch smells. The wind starts to pick up a bit, you know, you have to really be geared for it, but I love being outside to paint. And I think that's really what, uh, I was able to capture this, the spiritual essence of this. I have painted from photographs before. It's usually how I do portraits or I'll have them sit for me and do photos. And for most artists, we can usually tell if you've painted from a, a paint, uh, from a, you know, oh. a live session or from a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different feeling to it. So that's probably what gives this so much life. So what was really fun was pulling up my canvas in front of the, um, arena and painting the horses and they're very curious and they just stare at you and now i have this really great relationship with these horses it's amazing 
How how fantastic! And what other animals have they got? Have they got there apart from horses? We've got two chickens and two oh. uh, golden retriever puppies. <laughs> it's like it's a small version of Noah's Ark, perhaps. Um, that's about it. It's, it's pretty simple. And the horses are actually more pets. Um, and my cousin's husband grew up uh, racing horses and being around horses. So, and this, this whole entire era or horse ranch. So when I look out this bedroom here across the way, there's probably about 10 horses, all different types of breeds and treat versus isolation. So <laughs> are you going to find it hard to go back into a city? Yeah, maybe. Although, you know, after living in New York City in Paris, L.A. to me in general seems very calm. And I would actually joke to, to myself when I first arrived in L.A. and people would tell me, oh, yeah, well, I have my house in West Hollywood. And then I have my, my country house in Palm Springs. And I'm thinking, how much slower can you get? It's already slow. So I am going to spend the summer up here, though. Lovely. And have you got any um, dreams to go to any other countries and spend some time there? Well, although, you know, the COVID kind of stopped us up a bit, I was actually just about to move to Israel for a year in August. Um, and, and what area? And study in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I may just go, if we can travel, I guess we can go in September, maybe. Um, I'm okay to pause it, but so that'll be my next, my big adventure is to, to maybe spend three months, not quite the year, in, in Jerusalem. I love Tel Aviv. It's great, but I feel like I've, I know it. It feels like I'm Miami Beach. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, very, it, it, you know, here, very late. Yeah. And uh, with your artwork, do you have um, aspirations and dreams or something that you would like to do or paint or? Probably, you know, I'm finding out what, like a lot of my creative friends, uh, writers, sculptors, all this, we, we all have this in this place in our minds where we're writing our stories, right? I'm telling my stories. I feel like I, I'm always searching for this ultimate uh, painting that I'm going to do or a series of painting that's really going to sort of unlock the universe to me in my mind. When, you know, I paint a series and I think, eh, whatever. It's just, yeah, it's all right. When I come back to it a year or whatever, almost like you were saying, I might think, wow, I was quite brilliant then. But, but <laughs> when I'm doing it, I, I think it's crap. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly uh, so that's, that's what I'm always looking for. I'm exactly the same. And when I finish a book, I couldn't even tell you what's in there. I would have to read the book again because once I've finished it, it's then everybody else's property. Do you do that with your painting? Does it belong to the world when you finish? Yeah, that's very interesting that you, you pointed out that way. And I love finding the similarities between you know, a writer and a painter. Um, it's very much so. I kind of, so they become my children, so to speak. You know, I've spent hours and hours with them. Um, and then, especially if I'm going to either exhibit or sell them, <laughs> selling my children off, uh, I, there is a moment of sadness. And actually, I know it's really good when I don't want to, I don't want to part with them. I'm like, oh, give it to me, give it to me. You know, prints are fine. But to actually give it away or sell it, you know, 
it's a it's a sad feeling, and I miss them. I miss the paintings. Uh, it's very similar because I miss the characters. You know, I'm lucky. I'm writing a series, uh, but I wrote a series uh, of five books for. Uh, seven to 11 year olds and I sobbed my heart out at the end of the series because she was gone and it's exactly as you said it's like giving a child away and so um so at the moment I'm okay because I'm traveling with these characters but it, it's very similar which is really interesting you give a part of yourself it, it really is true there are a couple of paintings that uh, I've just said, they're mine, too bad, get off. Especially paintings that I, I uh, a, a landscape or cityscape I did in northern, Bar uh, northern Spain, Cadaquez of Salvador Dali's hometown. I was out on a boat and I painted this village. I painted it probably 60 times. But this one specific painting I've had since I, you know, I'm 52 now. And I've had that since I was 23, 24, around there, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, the years are blurring. There are paintings I don't let go. They're mine. And I have some, some love in that. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. And I will definitely be watching, you know, your career and, uh, and see what's going on. I just want to say a big thank you. I think the biggest thing I've learned is the, the, the similarities between an author and an artist. Yeah, I, I love that connection. I mean, actually, I just discovered that maybe last night with my friend who's just starting out writing a novel, talking about you. And what, what a wonderful thing. It's like we're all creatives. We have different crafts, but we're still family. Yeah, absolutely. So I thank you for coming along. I've loved every minute of it. Be safe, be well, and uh, maybe we'll talk again one day. Yes, thank you very much. And if you're in LA, you know, we'll have to uh, have coffee. Thank you Love so to. much. Thank you. Bye. So thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Just a reminder of some of the other things that are going on. If you're interested in any of my books, you can go to JackieRom.com and see all the links. Uh, you'll get them at all good bookstores online. And then uh, don't forget to watch Method of Murder on Amazon Prime or pop over to YouTube and Jackie Rom Investigates. Thank you for listening and hopefully see you again next week. Thank you.